Welcome. Wait, what is that? Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide. How you guys doing? Uh, I guess a lot of this stuff is starting to chill out a little bit. So people are able to go out a little more, do a few more things. I ended up hitting the range. Weather's finally changing here. We had a we had a bunch of snow, uh, which was annoying. And then um, we got the wind now, though. Like, today's a crazy windy day. The winds are coming and going, coming and going, all pretty strong. But um, allowed me to go to the range and, and do some stuff. Uh, before I get into it, though, Pentagon released the UFO footage from the Jets. And so uh, we have that. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. I guess before it was like the Navy did, and now the Pentagon did. We already had the footage. We already saw it. It was already on Ancient Aliens and all those other uh, different shows. But then it got released again. So, you know, this is that Brookings Institute where they want to just trickle it out to us. Because back in the 60s, they, you know, when they're at the height of Project Blue Book, the, the UFO craze and everything going on, they, they did the, the uh, they went to the Brookings Institute and they said to Brookings, hey, study, you know, what are we going to do with this? And Brookings said, we as a people can't handle the revelation that there's aliens out there. And part of that justification at the time was our heavy emphasis on religion. And so they're like, you know, it would it would destroy religious foundations in the world and, you know, everything, it'll explode and, and things like that. And um, they said what you had to do was trickle it out over time. We had to wait till we got a little more agnostic like we are now. And, you know, and so that's kind of what they're saying is happening, that we're getting that part of the trickle and that they're following the uh, the Brookings Institute model from the 60s. And, and honestly, the thing that ruined it for us, and I don't know if I talked about this, but I did online on Sniper's Hide, what ruined all this and why we're, we're not like interacting and talking aliens like every day is Nixon, man. Nixon screwed it up for everybody. What happens was, and these guys are party dudes, man. They, they like their celebrity status and all this other thing. You know, they're they're politicians, right? So they, they, they like to wheel and deal and do their little little tricks. So Nixon, who was keyed in on the UFO thing, he gets drunk and goes and picks up Jackie Gleason and takes Jackie Gleason to check out the UFO stuff. Well, then Jackie Gleason goes home and tells his soon-to-be ex-wife, who then tells people, and the next thing you know, we can't talk about aliens because Jackie Gleason went with President Nixon or Nixon brought Gleason, however you want to word it. And so that's why we can't do it. But the other funny thing, because I was watching this um, about two weeks ago, is the fact that, uh, oh, that Republicans are keyed into the aliens more than Democrats. That they say that they can't trust Democratic uh administrations with the ufo stuff as much as they they do with the republicans which is why like you know trump did space force and reagan did star wars because what they're saying is that these guys get keyed in on it and immediately start going oh shit what if this turns bad we need to fight and so reagan wanted like you know lasers up in space in case they came 
and, and all this. And then, you know, there's even, they even have the clip of when him and Gorbachev met and like they were doing that start nuclear treaty um, deal and, you know, to say we're going to pare down our nuclear weapons. Well, then uh, in the middle of that, like out of the blue, Reagan's like, hey, dude, if aliens come, you're going to fight with us, right? And Gorbachev's like, yeah, I guess so. Okay. You know, so it's pretty funny that, um, you know, this stuff all goes back. But um, I went to the range yesterday and I did a video, but it was shitty and I'm kind of playing with my equipment still. I'm not really happy. I, I, I'm not a fan of the, like, the Sigma that I got. And I don't know if I talked about it, this camera. I kind of was, you know, the plan was, and it's funny, we were talking with Mark yesterday about this too. The plan was I was going to be traveling like every week to teach classes until this all shut everybody down. So I was putting together a kit that was going to be a little bit more mobile that allowed me to get more video while I was um, traveling. So, you know, I'm looking at different like low cost, smaller, because I have pretty good camera equipment. The problem is my pretty good camera equipment is pretty big and hauling it around is a pain in the ass, especially by yourself. So I'm going to travel and do all this stuff. And so I don't want to carry big, crazy cameras. I, I want less to do more. So you play with different things and different looks and the way my equipment is set up. And so I was out at the range and this is a topic that I've talked about on the podcast in the past. And, and I'm probably going to have to revisit some of the pre 100 episodes so like if you take the first 100 episodes you'll see me kind of revisit some of them a little bit more but one of the things that um i i talked about quite a bit and yesterday was a great example for this was heavy bullets versus light bullets okay and and i've talked about this uh, you know like i said a lot if you go through these podcasts you'll hear me and and it came up this week because sure as hell you know you're i'm on sniper's hide and hey did you guys check out the new updates to the hide? It's done. Hide is finished. Now it's tweaks and different things. I'm really digging it. I'm going to get into that after this. And in the break between my two topics here, I'm going to talk about the upgrade to Sniper's Hide, but you really need to check it out. So I upgrade Sniper's Hide, and I'm looking at different stuff, and I'm wanting to put out articles and different features and things like that. So I'm, I'm cruising through topics. And of course, it's like people in the ballistic calculator section and in various parts, they're immediately go to heavies again, right? This is a common, common, common trend. So guy gets his rifle, his gun, whatever. And, and you know, really where we should talk about this is like, let's just talk Tikas, TAC A1s, T3Xs. So the, a lot of guys like them and even the Ruger RPR because I, I have a, a frame of reference with the RPR. So... Let's talk these two rifles, a Tika and an RPR. So when I got the RPR and then I went down, um, Hornaday was there with us and we did the, uh, the different, th you know, the, the writers event down at FTW when it first came out. The uh, RPR was born kind of on Sniper's Hide. The kid who did it, uh, he, he was a Sniper's Hide member. He came over to me at SHOT Show prior to, to the release, uh, prior to it being made, and said, hey, Ruger's going to let me do this. Will you help? You know, you got to do an NDA and all that stuff. And I said, sure, dude. You know, at the time, no big deal. And um, so then, you know, he's like, hey, I got a prototype. Can I show it to you? So he flies from the East Coast to Colorado, middle of the winter. We, we look at the rifle. It's like, yeah, that's cool. That's not cool. That's cool. That's not cool. 
and they made some pretty good changes and you got the RPR. Well, then we go to the event in down in Texas and part of it is Hornaday. So this really brings me into what I did yesterday to today. If we look at a Ruger and we look at the Tika, okay? Now a Ruger has got a hammer forge barrel, right? Tika is pretty much the same. And these barrels are not fast, okay? You've heard me change out my barrels on my Tikas and I say that their muzzle velocity is down, Okay, they're accurate as shit. They're really good accuracy-wise, but they're in the lowest slow node in terms of that barrel goes, right? So I know an RPR out of the box, when we did it with a 140 grain bullet, the muzzle velocity was 2750. Okay, little variations, you know, but 2750 out of a 140. Not too bad. A Tika down lower than that. So you're in that like 2600 area with a Tika with a 6.5 Creed now, okay? So we're looking at 27 to 20. So I'm going to go 26.50 to 27.50 because that's kind of a normal spot with a heavy bullet, not a 147 now. 147's got a blended powder, different deal. They usually run hotter. Let's keep the 147 out. Let's just do the heavier bullets like 143s and 140s in that class. The 147's got a little higher muzzle velocity. So it, it kind of trips the anomaly scale just a little bit. But it'll still come into play. However, so we're looking at this spot. Now for me, in shooting primes and the 130 and the different bullets that I shoot, I look at a 6.5 Creed more where the sweet spot for that caliber is 2800 to 2850. That's your kind of Gucci sweet spot. Where do I want to be? I want to be in that 2800 to 2850 muzzle velocity. Now, like with lighter bullets and the primes and stuff, I can get even closer to 2900, you know, depending. You know, if, if, if a 140 is like at 2800, my 130s are hot in the mid-high 29s, okay? So... You know, that's kind of what I want to want to talk about. But let's talk about reality. Let's talk about everyday real life. So um, I got Peterson like so prime, new prime, new stuff coming out. They, they did their their group buy. Everybody got their product. They're doing more. They're, they're, it's going to ramp up big. So because it was a success that first time around. If you listen to the podcast with Jim, that was all successful. Worked out great. So. I get a kind of a big box of stuff from Spark Peterson, and Peterson makes it Spark Ammo loads it. And so they sent me some some different, like a variety pack. And I'm looking at their like 140 load, and their 140 uh, ELDMs, and the load is super accurate. In fact, I'm playing with it with uh, the straight jacket armory barrel, and, you know, I'm, I'm doing this straight jacket armory barrel. I'm shooting it up, and, and it's working really great. I mean, it's sub half minute, boom, right out of the gate without even really trying. I put a uh, Insight Arms four-port heathen brake on it, and it's, it's a heavy contour, so the brake and the contour looks really good. It fits in nice. So it's a, it's, it's a decent. I like, I like the way the straight jacket barrel kind of feels and sits on the rifle it's got a nice recoil pulse so i'm going through to review this and look at it and it's spun up on my ai's 
And I got all this ammo. So I'm like, all right, let's run them. So what do I get? Well, I got the 140s going 2650. The 130s are going 2835. So I'm like, hmm, that's kind of interesting that I'm here and seeing this. I got the Magneto going. And so I got 140 at 2650, a 130 at 2835. Good SDs. Actually, the SDs on the 130 were a little bit up there. But the, I think, I want to say the 140 load was like nine. It was like single digit. Okay, so it was it was accurate. It had great SD, single digit SD or so. It was really low. Um, I might have to look at the picture to see uh, off the top of my head what the SD was. But I know it was low, and I remember 9.6 being in my head. And the 130 was actually up closer to that 18 or so. And honestly, factory ammo, tw- an SD of 20, I don't see a problem with what most people are doing. I, I saw a guy flipping out because he had an SD of 18. It's like, dude, it's factory fucking ammo and you got a shit-ass gun. It's like, come on. You know, like good Bartland barrels of factories around 12 or so. Factory guns, I have 18 to 22 all the time. Leave it alone. Get over it. Um, you, that's why you're shooting factory. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these numbers and I'm going, okay, this is like really good because with, with the different stuff that I'm running and I, I can, I can look at it. So I got a hundred yard groups and my groups at a hundred are good. Like I said, the, the, the 140 was half minute all day long. Um, 10th of a mil, it said. So that was awesome. And, and so then I got the 130, the 130 shooting good. So I said to myself, I said, hey, you know, this, the winds are just being tricky enough that I had wind on the range. It was really variable and really kind of all over the place, uh, you know, in that 12 to friggin' 18 mile an hour zone as usual. So I said, hey, let's go put a target at 1,000 and all this other stuff. And let's go put a target, you know, the target up at 1125. I was playing around with some of them a little bit. I said, this is a really good way for me to compare the two. So I take the 140, I go to 1125, and I'm using 10.4, 10.4 mils with the 140 grain at 1125 yards, okay? So you could do the math in your 2650-ish or so and play all the numbers and, and, and in there. But the, the, it's, it's slow. I consider this to be a slow but highly accurate load. Hits the target, hits the target, hits the target. So what am I using on average? The wind was in some places was all over, but the average that I found in wind drift with the 140 grain bullet at this range, not looking at calculators, I'm just looking at real world. I don't care what the calculator's trying to tell me. The Average drift was 1.6 to hit that target. Okay, 1.6 with a 140 grain bullet. So then I'm go, okay, cool. Got that, got the numbers, I got muzzle velocity, I got the uh the dope, I got the wind, I got everything, conditions are good. And I loaded up two mags right there, the 140 and the 130, so I can alternate between the two. So I can go 130, 140, 130, 140, all at the same time. And I did that, the 130, to hit 1,125-yard target. 
I used 8.5 mils. 10.4 versus 8.5. 8.5 mils. Wind drift. 1.3. Right around 1.2 in a mil. 1.2 hits the target equally. On the target, they're all mixed in. You can't tell what's what. 11.25, I'm not picking and choosing with the way this gun was set up. I'm not picking and choosing spots. You know what I mean? Especially in the crazy winds that I had. But what we got is we got 10.4 versus 8.5. 1.6 mil versus 1.2. That's why. Recoil is less with a lighter bullet. Okay? Speed is what wins. We talked about this. If you go back to the old things and we talk about competitions, why six millimeter? Why? Because it's fast. Because it's light. Doesn't have a great, great BC, although they're chasing that right now. Compared to a 6.5, if you go out to that 11.25 target, you can have more wind drift with a 6 millimeter because it's so small and light. But in cases where the speed can beat it and, and, and kind of counter that wind, you'll see that happen. Go back to the old episodes and listen to some of the heavy versus light bullet weight. This was like, I filmed it, but I don't think I did a good job at it because I was playing, I was using like, GoPro and the Sigma. I wasn't using my good equipment, and so it all has that kind of shiny look, and I got to tweak it and play with it. I mean, I think it's fine. It, it, it makes the point, and the question is, do I put the video up or do I not? It makes the point. I could put it up. The question is, do you guys under, you know, it's not that do you understand it. It's like, why fight it? Because I do get a lot of pushback on it. People want heavy. And this works in the ELR world too. Like I, I talk about um, in the same context, 338 Lapua. The 300 grain is the wrong bullet. Okay, you want the lighter. 285 is like max. You should be doing the 250s to the 285s with a 338 Lapua. Okay, that's that sweet spot. They kind of played with it a little with the Norma. You know, they ran right up to 230. Then they backed off to 225. A lot of them like the 215. That 215 to 225 is a sweet zone for that 130 Norma, or the 300 Norma, rather, um, 130. Uh, uh, fucking haunted. So that's kind of where, uh, you know what I mean? So that's that same argument. I'd rather see you get the speed up a little bit and the wind drift will take care of itself. It's, it's, here's the disconnect. So I know what you guys are going to do because you're all sitting home. You're going to immediately go to someplace like JBM and start crunching numbers. And you're going to say, but, 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 but. But the BC says, but the numbers say. Understand this, BCs are dynamic. BCs follow your muzzle velocity. Muzzle velocity low, BC gets lowered. Muzzle velocity high, BC goes up, right? This is how this stuff works. So if you're 150 feet per second under that 2800, you're not going to get that BC, right? If you're 150 feet per second, that's huge. I mean, it's one thing if you're 50. 
If you're 50, you're maybe a point in the middle off. You know what I mean? So if you take your three numbers with your BC, you're, you're 50 feet. You're going to take that middle number down. Okay? You're 150. Now you start looking at the first number. Your, your software is only looking at the BC when it comes to the wind that way. It's not really looking at your muzzle velocity. So you can kind of put a bigger, you know, that big BC number in there and then muzzle velocity gets tweaked a little bit. It doesn't really change the wind drift amount. In reality, it does. And so I'm seeing it in real time here that you're, you're right. I mean, come on, I shot him. Same gun, same bullet, same maker, all, you know what I mean? I, basically, the same people made my loads. I know where it was. I know where everywhere it stands. I chronoed it. I got numbers. I looked at it. I shot it. The results were not what you read on the internet. And I just want to put that out there. So anyway, I think the Kindle book is out. Um, I, I'm, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm, my hands are kind of tied on the whole my book, my book blah, 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 because Gun Digest is doing all that. But I believe guys are already downloading the Kindle version. So the Kindle appears to be out. The book itself should be coming out a week or so after. I'm going to guess by Monday, uh, this is the beginning of the week, Tuesday or so. Um, next week, a week from today, the book part should be out. But the Kindle part of my book, I'm kind of curious. I mean, people are reading it, and I know you're posting about it. And it's like, damn, I... I I, I kind of just, like, I didn't read it cover to cover in a way that you would. And I'm nervous as shit about it because I kind of, like, you know, I had so many, like, I don't want to call them false starts, but sort of, like, false quits with it. And so I'm like, oh, man. You know, it's like, hey, I want to do this, I want to do that. No, we ain't going to do it. All right, I ain't fuck this. You know, I'm just like, I want to do it, I want to, I'm not even going to worry. It's like, Damn. I hit the wrong button. Let it play out. But anyway, the, the book's out. Avoid the blue button. Anyway, um, yeah, so I was, I was kind of like, I'm surprised because people are, and I'm like nervous now because people are saying they're reading it. So with that, um, new website's up. We got the front page going. I'm so excited. This is exactly what I've been trying to get it to do for years. For years, I, I, I always had two sides of Sniper's Hide, right? You had the blog side where I should be doing articles and videos and different things. Then you have the forum side. And the forum's discussion, I look at the forum like as a comment section, and I look at the front page as sort of where my big ideas come, where it's like off-the-cuff Twitter, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. You go in the forum. But when I want to write something and do something that's kind of like evergreen and should be out there for a long time, well, then that should be the WordPress side or, you know, the blog side. But they were always two completely separate sides of the house. Different database, different domain, different this, different that. It was, it was while it was the same, it was always different. So I always wanted like unified login being able to navigate between different parts of the sites from within your main location. Because a lot of times what happens is people go and type in like snipershide.com and then they land on the blog side and they go, fuck this, that's not what I want. I want to sell something. So they want to go to the forum. So they immediately jump off and do that. 
Well, now it kind of shows. And that messed up like my analytics because they're two separate sites in a way, even though domain wise, you're reading them similar. So in the analytics, you'll see somebody show up to Sniper's Hide and then immediately get out of there and bounce off to go to the forum. So it looks like you're leaving the site and going to a different site. So now that I have a unified, it's like you're on the same site now. And this, this has been so, and, and honestly, if you paid attention to how much I've kind of complained or look at like the time it took to make it work, it was a frig ton, lot more work than you realize to get these two sides of the house to work. Because you can get sort of WordPressy forum-ish stuff to create a WordPress site that's seamless, but it can't handle my traffic. You know, I'd crush it traffic. You don't get the features. So if you want a full-featured forum, it's kind of got to be standalone, especially when you have this amount of traffic. Our traffic's up 20% because of this pandemic. You know, 20% overall, like huge. I'm like, you know, we were in that like 480 to 500,000 unique users a month, like per month. Now we're at like 525 plus uh, unique users in just this last 30 days. Um, You know, we're kind of in a short little thing, so it's hard to say month to month to month. But if you go look at my analytics right now, it's up 20%. So I'm really kind of psyched that people who are home finding the site again or coming back to it are doing so with this new turned on, you know, uh, website. So with that being said... Uh, new people come on and, and, and this is where the funny part gets, catches in. So everybody's home, everybody's on their computers, everybody's looking at all this stuff and what gets pulled back up? Well, the mill versus MOA thing, right? It's like, oh my God, fucking, oh, kill me, shoot me in the head, you know? It's like mills versus MOA. Yeah, just, it's, 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 it kills you. Because everybody has this like, blah, 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 my two cents. And it's completely wrong. And it's like, oh, shit. So, I, you know, we talked about reticles and, and when we talked to this. And so what I ended up doing is I'm now playing with it right now. I wrote, how many pages is this freaking thing? It is, <laughs> it's six pages right now. So I ended up writing six pages of um, breaking down mills. Versus true MOA and shooter MOA. Because there's three, right? So you got true MOA, which is your 1.047. And then you got shooter MOA, which is your one inch. And, and those are, you know, angle versus linear. And then you got mills. And, and mills are mills. And I get it that there's, you know, 6,400. And there's a military mill. And there's a true mill. But we don't deal with that in scopes. There's very few. A couple, couple of them have popped that line uh, incorrectly. But they usually self-correct in short order uh leopold did it at one point march did it at one point and then they all kind of come back the correct way uh, a lot of lower cost ones will will be um you know will sometimes cross into the 6400 so they're there i think i god i almost want to say it's a three percent error if they do that i'd have to look it up i don't know what the like i know if you go uh true moa versus shooter moa you got a five percent error I think if they do 6,400 to uh, the true mill, military mill versus true, which is an artillery thing, I think it's like a 3% error, but I'm not 100% sure. But it's so limited and it's an artillery deal that don't even worry about it. 
But anyway, so I'm doing six pages because I want to put up this evergreen content to finally shut people up. I, I And I'm not doing it. I, yeah, I, uh, for, for us, for snipers hide, for tactical shooters, for PRS people, NRL people, I think mill is, is a dead, dead language for us. Okay. Mills are dead language or not mills. That's a fuck up. So MOA for a tactical shooter, for a PRS competition guy, for anything like that, MOA is a dead language. Okay. Mills are what everyone's using. Mills has that right sort of balance of speed and accuracy in this. And it's, it's awesome because people will, will say, you know, and, and guy came on actually, cause I have that, I have the video and I have an article up that the, the practical application where I actually go out and shoot something and go, look, here's an MOA scope. I just hit the target. Here's a mill scope. I just hit the target. There's no difference. Fucking works. And it's like, yeah, okay, dude. But then a guy comes on and goes, well, but this is this and the inches are that and this and that and this. And if, you know, it's 0.1 MOA, but if you do this, it's this and it's that. Well, it actually turns out not to be. It's like, actually, if you kind of put them together and you start working it. uh, And I got a chart and graph for this that somebody did. There's a lot of these guys, real smart guys out there, engineers and guys crunching numbers who then create graphs and charts who put it out. It's like 0.0293 MOA difference, like 029, it's tiny. When you look at the difference as you march out, it doesn't grow because here's the problem. Oh, and this is what this guy wrote, and I'm not even gonna go read it because it's just, you get it. It's basically talking in a linear fashion. And he's saying, well, if one MOA is this at a thousand and one mil is this, it's this many inches apart from each other and blah, blah, blah. Okay, which one's closer to center? You don't know. You, you, you have no way of predicting that mill f- solution or that MOA solution is closer to center. So that's why this guy charted and graphed that all out in a way that can predict it. And when you... Plot it out, it's 0.0293 something difference. And so what I'm doing is taking all this factual data, taking all this information and boiling it down into one location. So when somebody goes, what do I do? And everybody starts, blah, 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 blah. You know, um, as far as like, you know, my opinion is... It's like, here's the document. Make it, because this is, honestly, this is the part I want to press. One, you should be making your own decision. It's your scope, your rifle, your setup. And this is, this is the part that I think you guys miss with me, with my podcast, with the website, with me in general. I'm trying to empower you to be smarter. I'm not trying to sell you a product. You know, somebody said, like with the bubble level thing, I'm not an advocate of bubble levels. I think it's a waste of your money. For 90% of the people out there, a level is a waste of their time, okay? It's it's wasted effort, wasted money, and they're not going to look at it. It's going to be wrong. There's all these other things. So somebody came on and said, you know, with all the social media happening now, you're getting opinions from people that are being put out there and live streams and podcasts and different things. So, and their opinion is the same as mine, right? We all have them, just like my little butthole and everybody's there and all the same and, and all that. So it's, it's, that's that person's opinion. 
And so somebody comes on a sniper side and says, hey, so-and-so's advocating that a level is an essential tool. I'm like, yeah, he sells one. It's funny how that works. It's funny how the essential tools you must have from people, they sell them. I'm telling you, you can get away without it. And here's a way with a product you already own, your bipod, do your bipod right, make your bipod correct. And it's going to work better. You know what I mean? That's where if you watch the videos, God, I'm putting it out there. Watch the videos of other people shoot where I say, look, this is what I'm talking about. You can see the shooter doing it. And if you're, if you're, if you're, if you need the level because you're pulling the rifle over and gear shifting it, if the rifle's moving back and forth, left and right, left and right, while you're manipulating, while you're running the bolt or doing something, why would you go and hang a third object or something? You're, you're hanging, right? So it's like you could see it. It, it. Everybody's got a phone on their camera. Go shoot five-shot group with your phone before you spend any money. I'm going to take your, your, your current setup. Just don't change a thing. Go to the range, right? Some of you may be back to work. Some of you might not be back to work. If you're not back to work, but they've eased restrictions, go to the range tomorrow. Take your phone, put it there in front of you and and back it up a little bit. Like get a bigger picture. Don't tighten in. I don't want to see like just your face. Don't do a selfie. I want to see like a big, like I want to see the gun and you. And kind of get it in on a 45 degree angle on your dominant side okay if the rifle is moving back and forth and if every round you're having to go i just moved out of position i need the level to tell me to straighten up again go back and shoot so here's your process think about this this is the advocate this is the advocacy this is what they're telling you line up right Set your natural point of aim. Let's talk fundamentals, right? Fundamental. We're going through our checklist. Okay, I line up. I get straight down behind the rifle. I go and I point aim at the target. So I got my natural point of aim. I got my body position. I'm moved in straight. Aiming, sight alignment, sight picture. I aim in at the target and my checklist goes, yep, I'm on target. Then I'm going to get ready for trigger control. And from sight and aiming, as I'm moving the trigger control, then I got to check level. Okay, so I, I did my MPA, okay, where I probably should have checked level, but my MPA is first. Then I do my site picture, site alignment and all that, aiming, check that, then check the level, and then now I'm back to trigger control and follow through. Now I'm running the bolt. In the next shot, I got to do all that all over again because my bipod's loose and the gun's moving all over the place. I'm pulling it out of position and then I got to go, Oh, look at the level again because I moved a bunch. It's like, why not fix the move a bunch and then you don't need the level? There's a novel idea. But anyway, so that's the thing is that advocacy. So this mill versus MOA, I'm boiling it all down and then I got a six page friggin' thing right now where sort of it's best practices. I pro and con each of them, you know, because if you're a bench rest or F-class shooter, well, then you want to be an MOA guy. Your targets are an MOA. You know what I mean? If I'm bouncing the X ring in the 10 ring on an F class, that's all an MOA. That's telling me something. You know what I mean? There's information being transferred there with that spotter based on the scoring rings of that target. 
there's where it belongs. Tactical guys were more mill guys, and mills are easier. Mills do win better. Mills do all these different things more intuitively because it's base 10 and it's not fractions. I don't know about you guys, man. And it's funny because we do do weaponized math, right? So we're we're numbers-driven people. I hated math. I hated fractions in school. You know what I mean? I hated all of that stuff. And yet, that's what we want to do. I would rather go, you know, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, or I'd rather go, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, than figure out fractions. That's what I want. And, you know, guy brought up, so I always talk about with mills, like the learning curve and, and people learning it, it's, it's, it's pennies and dimes. Well, one guy brought up it's dimes and dollars, which is a gr- another great way of doing it, right? So if... If it's like I was looking at 6.3 mils or even let's go what I talked about earlier, 8.5, 8.5 mils to hit a thousand yards. Well, that's 850 or 85 cents, right? So if you're using, you know, if, if, if each click is a penny and a mill is a dime, well, it's 85 cents. If each click is a dime and a mill is a dollar, well, then it's 850. We can work in whole numbers like that, base 10 numbers. It's super fast. It's super easy. It's better than trying to figure out quarters, especially when the quarters get like, you know, because it's always, you'll do an MOA thing in the software, and this annoys the shit out of me. It's like, okay, uh, what do you need to hit that target? Oh, you need uh, 8.68 MOA. It's like, I can't do that. Eight six. It's either six eight, eight six. It's never. I mean, you could tell it, I guess, to tell the software to do the quarters, but you got to round. It's always rounding something. With the mills, it's the tenth. It's easier. They they put an extra number there a lot of times that you don't need, and you can round them. But it's 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 six point three, and if it's six point three five or six point three eight, you know, you can decide. Okay, six point three eight. I'll go to four, or you could just move six point three. It's such a small offset, it probably is not going to matter in the big picture. But now I was like crunching these numbers as well, and I, I started kind of looking at it. And here is an argument and a thing that I never... So people have the finer, right? Ah! And, and we, I already debunked it and said that, you know, people will say MOA's finer adjustments than mills because they'll say it's, it's quarter minute, third inch, you know, 0.26 versus 0.36. And then that's where that 1.1 comes in and all these different things, And right? So it's like, oh, they're, it's finer. But then I was thinking the reticle. We use the reticle a lot. Mill reticles are finer. Right? They're a third of an inch. You can get of a tenth of a mill on that, like a ranging tree. Most have two tenths. So that's 0.72. How many one MOA reticles are out there? Most have two. There's a few that have a one in some place, but when you start stacking one MOA in a reticle, it gets freaking crowded quick. So two MOA is pretty common. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Cross that windage, right? Well, mills, I could break it up a little more. And it's actually a little bit finer. Because if they're doing two MOA with a mill, that's saying you have a, uh, you know, a third. No, more than that. 
right? Half, so 2M away. So, yeah, it's, it's like, that's like a half mil, 0.6. So that's 0.6. So half, one. So it's a Gen 2 reticle. So you're basically going from a Gen 2 reticle to what we have now, right? Think about it. Crunch all those numbers up. Your reticles and mills are finer. I said it. Anyway, I just think what we're doing, and so I wrote this all up. I wrote up the big um, thing, six pages right now. I'm going to put it up on the new sniper side and have it so when somebody says, what do I do? Which direction do I go? You can say, here, make your own decision. I mean, because really, I am advocating that MOA should die for us. But maybe you're not shooting comp. Maybe you're just going out by yourself, but you want to be one of the cool kids. Now make your decision. I mean, don't let people pick your favorite color for you. Educate yourself to make better decisions. Cause and effect. Why do I need that when this does that? If I fix this, that takes care of that. There's, it's, it's being better educated rather than saying, hang more stuff on your rifle. I mean, you're talking a $6 vial of, you know, bubble, a bubble vial, $6. They're lucky to be, you know, as fine. They're not, they're nowhere near as fine as they need to be. If you're really going to invest in a level, you want like a send it electronic one, right? If, if you're looking for that much accuracy, that goes beyond your brain because your brain is more accurate than the vial. If you want to increase the accuracy that your brain can't subtend, you go to the electronic, which is ascendant level. A little more money, but that's the thing, man. If, if you're looking for that extra added precision, that extra added consistency, well, why do something that's... why? take in that much money and put it on something that's inferior to your brain. Uh, you know, and that's the thing that people don't get. So-and-so advocates this, says it's essential. Well, I think my brain is essential, and that's the difference between me and him. I use my brain, and he uses other people's brains. You know? So, hey, Fuzz is here. And, and, and so that's kind of where, where I, I've gone with that stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm putting that article up this week. Check out the new Sniper's Hide Forum, the new front page the new software so it, it and we actually did some weird keywording thing too it's pretty funny um we, we've played with it a little bit so uh we're, we're trying to tag on to some more of the uh google google machine to to make things work so but that's where i was lighter versus heavier the question is do i put the video up i'm not a fan of what i did like i said i was kind of playing with a GoPro in this thing and that, and 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 uh, I, I still got to tweak it a bunch. It, it it's not it's not optimal to where I want it to be right now, but it's getting better because I'm playing with it more, and so that's something I want to do. But honestly, the numbers prove the point. Eight five versus ten four, one point two versus one point six. The real world. The ballistic calculators will lie to you in this case because they're using a raw number that's not been offset by the fact these things are going slower. Slower. Anyway, thanks for being a part 
of the Everyday Sniper Podcast, guys. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, new stuff going on, everything. It looks like we're ramping, we're, we're playing, we're, we're going to be getting into gear. All this stuff is unloading right now, or not unloading, but you know what I mean? Um, it's starting to kind of calm down into something more predictable. Part of the problem was the unpredictability with the classes. So we canceled them, moved them, changed them around. Mark and I have been talking for the last couple days, um, trying to do some stuff because there's still an air of quarantine for travel. And it looks like if I go and travel before, and, and it's it's like a four-day get, I mean, like in the window where I'd have to be in this, you know, self-quarantine zone uh, because of air travel, which I'm not, 100% sure how they're doing it. He says you got to like sign a bunch of papers that say you're going to be good. I don't know. Um, so we are rescheduling, moving some things around, reaching out to contact, but we are moving forward. We do want to have all this stuff go forward. Like I said, we were booked 100%. We, we were already going to be knee deep in classes right now. And this kind of wiped that slate clean and made us start over. Like we, we are doing some like the August ones I've redone in the Iowa kicked in. I'm doing a class in Iowa, ended up bringing Mark in on that because, um, I did the initial and it filled right up and we had enough people to do a big class. And so, uh, it was easier to just keep everything as it was, add more bodies and bring a second instructor in. And that's what we did. So we filled up Iowa and, and took care of that. I got the um, Minnesota still on the books, and that's all good. Minnesota looks like it's chilling out. So really, the the big question is travel for everybody, um, just because airports are acting weird and states and things. You know, we know we can go out and do it. It's just coming and going is is part of the issue. All righty. Um, go into the Podbean app. Give me the comments. Uh, if you're reading the book, and let me know what you think, because I didn't, like I said, I, I'm, I'm in this weird spot with it. It, it's it's pretty funny that way, but I know guys are out there and have it on the Kindle version, the hard or the soft copy one will be coming pretty soon, and, and we'll be there. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being part of it. Stay safe out there and enjoy. Cheers.